Let us worship God. Our first reading is from the prophet Isaiah, the 42nd chapter, beginning with the first verse. In preparation to hear these words, let us pray. Holy God, we give you thanks for these ancient words and for the lives of those who have carried them down throughout the ages. We ask that you would open our hearts and minds this morning, that your fresh word might fall upon us this day. Amen. 
Here is my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth, and the coastlands wait for his teaching. Thus says God, the Holy One, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people upon it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Holy One. I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. I, had, I have given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison those who sit in darkness. I am the Holy One. That is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to idols. See, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. Spirit in us, that our spirit may shine. 
second reading this morning comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew in the third chapter, beginning with the 13th verse. Let us listen for God's word for for us this morning. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, in whom I am well pleased. May God add a blessing to this word for us today. These are some pretty powerful passages that we have today. Isaiah's words saying, God saying, Here is my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. And Matthew's words for God saying, This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. How do those words hit you this morning? How do they settle into your heart? A God who delights, a God who is well pleased. I love these images, and I love them even more because they are very much in opposition to the way I understood God as a child. I came from a tradition that was very much about God being angry and us having to be fearful of God. So this idea that God would delight in somebody blows my mind. Maybe it does yours as well. There are many people that I know who say, I don't want to read the Old Testament because that's an angry God. I want God of Jesus, who's more welcoming. But that's forgetting that in the Old Testament, there are passages like this, like in Isaiah, who says, God delights. And in Jeremiah, who says, God knew me before I was even formed in my mother's womb. There is a God in the Old Testament that is as caring and as wonderful to us as what we see in Christ in the New Testament. So I say, don't throw away the Old Testament. Keep it. But we have to approach it because... There is quite a few, there are quite a few passages in the Old Testament where God does look very angry, right? The people have strayed and God says, I don't want them anymore. Like when Moses is up on the mountain and he comes down and they've made golden calf. And Moses goes back up to God and goes, those are your people. They're not mine. But then Moses says, wait a minute, remember your covenant. And God goes, okay, I'll remember that. 
So there are times when it looks like God is, is not a, a person you want to approach or a being that you want to approach. And many of the prophets do put us into that mindset because they are warning us against going away from God and what that might look like. But there are so many ways in which God comes through as a being who wants the best for us, who is hoping for us to have wholeness, and who wants to be in relationship with us so that God can delight in us. And these words to Jesus at his baptism of being God being well pleased of this and claiming him as his son, these words are meant for us too, but it makes more sense in my mind when I think of these words applying to Jesus because we understand Jesus being God's representative in the world, the perfect model of what it means to be a human. Jesus coming to creation to represent God's love in human form. So it's easier to see that God would say, well done and you are mine and I am well pleased with you to Jesus. It's a little harder sometimes for me to take those words for myself. But these words are meant for us as much as they were meant for the person, the, the servant in Isaiah and the son of God in Matthew. Maybe they aren't easy for you to hear either. Some people have a problem taking them on as their own because their idea of God is more distant. That transcendence of God, God being the holy other. It's a very important understanding to have of God. But God is also imminent. We just celebrated that in the birth of Christ, knowing that God is here among us. God wants to be a part of God's creation. One of the images that I love to have of God is that of the artist. Choose your medium, a painter, uh, someone who works with uh, pottery, someone who is a sculptor, whatever your medium. God is the creator, the artist. And every artist puts a little bit of themselves into whatever they are creating. It is not completely other than them. You can see certain people have certain styles, right? You're like, oh, that's a Kadinsky. I know that because that's the way that person paints, right? God does the same thing. There is a bit of God in everything that God creates. And so God is invested in that creation. God delights at the finished product. And of course, God is like a, the quintessential artist who's like, well, maybe let me do a little bit more. I'm going to do a little bit more. Creation is always ongoing. God is not done. God continues to delight. One of my favorite poets is Hafez, who is a Sufi poet, who has just the most beautiful understanding of who God is and how God delights in God's being. And he plays around with the idea of God in such beautiful ways and brings joy to it. And one uh, passage that he wrote that just speaks to me when, we, when I was thinking of these texts today, I want to share with you now. It is called, Each Soul Completes Me. And he calls God the beloved. So he says this. My beloved said, my name is not complete without yours. I thought, how could a human's worth ever be such? And God, knowing all our thoughts, and all our thoughts are innocent steps on the path, 
then addressed my heart. God revealed a sublime, sublime truth to the world when God sang, I am made whole by your life. Each soul, each soul completes me. That idea that God is complete, but is made more complete by us, by us being in relationship with God. God claims us as part of God's beloved creation. And baptism is a way that we mark that. Today we see in the Matthew text that there are a couple of different ways to understand what baptism means. John the Baptist has been out there saying, repent, prepare the way, be baptized, let your old life be done, come to this new way of being God's creation. So putting away the old and living into the new, it's a turning point, it's a commitment to living as a new disciple of Christ. But then Jesus comes and John's like, whoa, no, you don't need to do that. You're good. I should be coming to you. And Jesus says, nope, nope, I am meant to be here. Because as Jesus comes, Jesus is reminding us of the waters of chaos that existed before creation. The waters that God came and brought together and brought order to. The waters that threatened to overwhelm all of God's creation in the flood in which God parted and brought forth new land. The waters that are always threatening us to overwhelm us and to keep us down, that God parts again and again and says, no, you are mine. I am here. I am supporting you. I claim you as my own. You are my beloved. Jesus comes to the river to remind us of God's good work in creation, of claiming us all and bringing us to be new beings. And God gives the Spirit both in Isaiah and in Matthew because without God's Spirit, we would be lost and would not be able to live into that real calling to be God's beloved. God's wisdom, God's guidance, God's support comes to us through the Spirit helping us to claim that title of God's beloved and helping us to live into what that means. As our Isaiah passage shows us, that means living for justice, being people who work for justice, who will not tire of God's justice being made real in this world. God works through the Spirit to enable us to do that. That is not something we can do on our own. We need to rely on God. So as Jesus is God with us, the Spirit is God within us, and we are empowered to bring about God's justice in the world and create God's beloved community. It's important to remember what our images of God are because they affect the way that we inhabit this world. They affect the way that we react and act in the world. If we are a person who always keeps God at a distance, then how are we not going to always keep people at a distance? If we are a person who understands that God is angry and demands justice in a different kind of way, meaning 
I need to have a sacrifice to be able to even interact with you, then how are we not going to be angry with people and judge them and say that they're bad sinners and that they have to do something in order for us to be able to be in relationship with them? However we think of God, it affects how we interact with people. I said recently to someone that I am definitely a cat person, and I laughed because it actually kind of goes along with how I understood God as a kid. You have to work to get a cat's attention, and maybe they'll give it to you, but maybe they won't. And sometimes they'll come up to you and love on you, and other times they will really not. And I was saying to this person that I'm really not a dog person because, wow, that is too much energy. And they give love unintentionally. I mean, like, without even thinking about it, they are there. I was like, that's not my idea of who God is, right? That was what I was taught as a kid. God's more like a cat than a dog. They never said it in those words, but I thought about it, and I'm like, yeah, you know, that is the idea that I had of God, that I have to work somehow to get God's attention, that God's not going to be this slobbering mess coming up to me and loving all over me as soon as I open the door, right? But that is how God is. God, how do you not see delight in a dog just slobbering all over you, right? It's kind of gross to me because I don't like dogs, but I like the idea, right? God is there coming to us again and again and again. Even as we turn away and we don't know how to accept it, God comes to us and says, you are my beloved. In you, I am well pleased. My soul is completed by you. So my head can say yes to all of that, right? I can understand that in my head. It's my heart I have to work on. I often will cry at texts like this because I want to believe it, but it's very hard. It is hard sometimes to accept that love so unconditionally. God loves us. It's hard to believe. How do we receive that? How do we make ourselves open to understanding that it really is true? And how do we make sure that we don't get in the way of other people experiencing that too? How do we open up opportunities for people around us to know they also are God's beloved creation? That God's soul is completed by their soul as well. So often, even without meaning to, we get in the way of that. Somehow we block their, uh, their opportunities to be able to revel and to enjoy God's delight. So how do we accept it for ourselves? How do we make it possible for others to accept it for themselves? How do we give ourselves opportunities to, react, to be in God's presence and to be healed by that? That is what our passages for today invite us to think about. To understand that God is claiming us again and again and again. And our baptism is a sign that God has done this and continues to do this. That is why we love to have these renewal of baptism um, rites. Because it helps us to remember that we are claimed by God. And God 
says to us the same way that God said to Jesus at his baptism, this is my beloved child, the one with whom I am well pleased. So as we gather at the end of the service today, I invite you to really sink into that, to receive the words that are said to you as we go around and as we are doing this right to really understand that these words are not just words we're saying, but they are God's truth for us today and every day. God delights in us. And God calls us beloved in whom God is well pleased. Amen.
As we move into a remembrance of baptism with the Canticle of Renewal, you are invited to have a candle and water prepared. And when you feel so led, I invite you to dip your hands into the water and then to touch your head, making a sign of the cross in remembrance of your baptism or by way of simply receiving a blessing. Our unity is not found in our conformity, but in our diversity, so I encourage you to enter this ritual in whatever way feels right for you. Water on. 
Let's pray. We give thanks to you, O God, who divides the waters. So plants and beasts of the sea and sky and earth thrive. We give thanks to you, O God, who draws us from the water in birth and rebirth. We give thanks to you, O God, who claims us with a love from which nothing can separate us. As we close our gathering, send your spirit among us to guide us in our work and play, in our service and love, strengthened and renewed by the waters of baptism. Amen. Beloved community, go forth and know God is made complete in you.